Welcome to Proof of Change by Change Gallery. I'm your host, Ash Cooper Kearns. In this episode, we talk about brand philanthropy in Web3 with Change Gallery founder David All, artist Brian Brinkman, and team members from Endowment. Tune in to hear about the transformative role brands and donor-advised funds can play in amplifying impact in this evolving social impact landscape. We hope you enjoy the episode. When we talk about brand philanthropy and we talk about donor advice funds or DAFs for short, I think, you know, initially people are like, what, wait, how are these in the same box? How are these in the same? How are we kind of considering these all the same type of players? David, um, I would love for you to first talk a bit about that. And then I want to be able to speak with you and Brian about and, and endowment about DAFs and their role here in this ecosystem. Yeah. So um, I'm. Definitely not the expert on dApps. It's something that is brand new to me. Um, and really, I've only learned about it through endowment and the giving block and sort of them talking about it. And, you know, our first drop was with Upring and it went to the crypto endowment fund for Upring, which was like one of the is the first crypto only endowment fund that I'm aware of. And so Kelsey and I talked about it a lot. And that helped me understand the issue, right? Because Kelsey is someone I trust and she could take me into a lot of the different ways that, you know, this is useful and interesting and something new and like a, a new empowerment tool for nonprofits to kind of move away from the donor model and the heavy donor model or whatever they call them, the big donors. Even back in like 2010 or 2011, you know, the brands were like Intel you know, they were they were talking to me about how they could reach at the time it was millennials. Um, but you know, they were talking about cause marketing, social marketing, um, corporate social responsibility. And at the same time that I also work with the like the Better Business Bureau, um, and do a lot of work with them still today. And yeah, that's like the stuff they care about is like building trust and and all the work that they can do. And and it's just kind of like, you know, all of these folks, like if I could bring all the people that I've worked with to the table, literally they would have more in common and probably end up with one of the most powerful projects that did something meaningful together. If there was a way that we could just bring them all to the table. And that was really a change grid. And like part of the like refinement from change grid one to v2 which we've put out on our blog is this addition of brand philanthropy and including things like the crypto donor advised funds that we're going to hear about um and also what i think is a huge new opportunity probably for folks like endowment and the giving block as well you know but the brands are going to need crypto on chain in a space that they can move it around but you know not necessarily control, you know, everything else. Right. And so I think like there are going to be big brands that instead of putting their money into like online advertising or whatever, they're probably going to want to put it into like a crypto donation fund that they can, you know, join in on projects like through change gallery and double, triple, hundred, hundred X the impact of a social, of a change maker. So that when we do a drop, I mean, the work of the artist is the art, right? And telling that story and bringing people together. But there are a whole bunch of folks that would love to jump in 
whether they're individuals and philanthropists or brands and organizations. And um, Endowment Day, I would love for you to speak a bit about, you know, why it was critical for endowment to incorporate donor advised funds into your model. Of course. Yeah. Uh, DAFs were really our first product. Um, and and the, the reason endowment came to be in the very beginning was our, our founder had some digital assets to give. And he had a donor advised fund with the Traditional Community Foundation in San Francisco. Um, and for folks who are new to DAFs, I like to think of it as a charitable checking account, like a nonprofit account that is advised by a donor. But when I make a donation to my donor advised fund, it's irrevocable. I can't get that back. But that means I get a tax receipt and I can write it off as a charitable donation. And then over time, grant out the funds that are in my DAF to the nonprofits that I want to support. Um, and in the case of endowment, uh, we we noticed that no nonprofit or no donor advised fund provider was set up to handle these kinds of digital assets. Um, there were nonprofits that were excited about the possibility of fundraising, but didn't have the ability to uh, accept those kinds of like custody a digital asset or or even like learned how to to have a wallet in the first place, right? Um, and so to to create a DAS on chain that liquidates to USDC and then can wire to nonprofits uh, programmatically became the the goal for us. That was our first product. And then from there, we started looking towards these broader communities or uh, uh, like brand giving, as we've been discussing is um, from endowments perspective, we look at it as community giving. Um, we have a lot of community funds that are public, like the Art Blocks Fund is a great example of one that's just available that anyone can donate to, and then it's advised by the Art Blocks community. Uh, but we also have what are more traditional, they, I think in the DAF space, there's also something called CAFs, a corporate advised fund. And that's sort of similar to what we have for a lot of NFT artists who set up transparent or uh, visible funds on endowment where they can keep their grant-making activity public. It's not public for anyone to donate. The proceeds are all still coming from their work or their individual contributions, but they want to make their values and their philanthropic activity part of their brand and their presence that they're putting out online. And so these community funds kind of create a, a visual track record of that. The on-chain data is there, but it, it allows folks to participate in a much more active way. Um, and not to put you on the spot, Brian, but you've got direct experience with an endowment fund. I was, I was coming to him. Yes. Like. I, was, I was about to say, I know, Date, that you've touched on a lot of the benefits, but Brian, if you're able to speak now, you know, what has been your experience with creating a donor advised fund and, and how it's made the charitable giving process for you um, made it easier and, and more accessible Um could you could you shed some light on your on your DAF? Going back to you know originally I I made a fund on endowment called NIM Fund, uh, which was used to raise money from a, a singular drop uh, for a single cause. But then the fun part about it is you get this kind of you know rainy day fund that you can build up with not just you know related to single drops, but also if you have secondary income from flips or whatever, you can throw it into this thing and then store it for the right time to kind of use it. 
And so that was what David was kind of talking about. I was like, uh, you know, instead of just sending money to, you know, a charity right now, I can wait till there's another artist about to do a drop and then I can use it to match their funds and create a bigger impact in that moment. So I kind of enjoy that uh, flexibility of you put money in there and then you kind of wait till the right moment to actively make the most of it. What has been hard, but also good about donor advised funds, at least, you know, in the, in the fiat world is a lot of times they're not, there are people donating into their, putting money into the donor advised fund, but then they aren't actually putting it, donating it. Um, it's taking a long time to trickle out. And what you spoke about where you can kind of decide what I think is really powerful about that is people can be a lot more intentional about their charitable giving um, and they can have a plan. You know, a lot of us uh, who may not have had a history of a lot of dis disposable income or an ability to give often are more reactive with our donations. So if there's a crisis or, or something that we want to give to and we're moved to give, there isn't necessarily a long-term plan. With donor-advised funds, I mean, you can you can even start to look at nonprofits as, as charitable partners where you can continue to support the cause and stay engaged and really, you know, it's, it becomes more than a donation. It becomes a transformational relationship. And so you're really giving this opportunity to amplify the work, the mission, streamline your donation, um, but also just plan, you know, have, have a, have a plan intentionality. I love the idea that you're, you're planning on matching, um, on future change gallery drops and, you know, amplifying the work of, of the artist, the change maker, the cause and, and everybody else and, and acting as a brand, as far as when we think about the change grid version two that I pinned up to the top, um, you know, we are considering brand to be kind of a looser term and, and your brand of giving um, can be can be a, a huge variety. So I look forward to seeing what you continue to do with your your DAF. And I think a lot of people, at least in the, the traditional giving world, when we hear donor advised funds, you, you think this is reserved for the uber wealthy, right? That just don't, that can't manage their their income flows and everything. But the truth is, is that these are available and accessible to anyone who wants to be intentional and thoughtful about what they set aside for their charitable giving every year and so that they can plan and and, and create create a brand uh, around that. Rusha, yes, please jump in here. Yeah, I think this is one of the things I'm excited to hear about at the summit as well as like this new donor economy and all of these tools really open up new folks to hop in and give back and um maybe even pool together or, you know, be more active when it comes to philanthropy, become like a, this whole new generation of philanthropy and philanthropists. How has it been um, from endowments perspective about, you know, the interest in donor advised funds and, and what the potential is? Is there a lot of education around these going on to start or are you having people reach out to you um, and initiate these conversations? either Day or Brucia? It's, it's a lot of education, a lot of the kind of conversations that we're having right now with folks that come from either a, a younger generation or, uh, as you mentioned, like DAFs are a very traditional form of giving. Um, but the other conversation that we have a lot is with folks who are familiar with donor advised funds and are also familiar with what we sort of touched on briefly, but the, the traditional model for donor advised funds is asset under management fees, which can sometimes be pretty sizable. And the result of that is donor advised fund providers are incentivized to keep funds under management 
and not allow them to be as granted to nonprofits as quickly. Um, and so one of the things that we really appreciate as an endowment about the tech that we work with in this space is that you can build economic incentives into your product that align with your values. And so our fees are weighted towards throughput. Um, it's 1.5% total, but we take 1.5% uh, on the way in upon donation and 1% of the grant that's going out to the nonprofit. And so it, a, a weird like an, a little teaser for the City of Crypto Philanthropy Summit, um, even though way fewer donations were coming in, uh, it was a very quiet year in terms of uh, the market activity for 2022, right? Folks didn't quite have as much to give. But because they'd been giving, they'd built up sort of as Brian was speaking to um, in, in their previous donations over 21, there was more grant making happening in 2022. Um, and ultimately, that can continue our mission and, and serve us and the nonprofits that we're impacting even better. So um, it, it speaks to the tech and the culture of the space and the, the way that we can build models that more effectively serve our communities. Absolutely. David, you had your hand up. Well, I just wanted to point out, you know, it, I think it's really important to sort of zoom out a little bit from this conversation and just recognize that it's like having all of these Legos in the room that makes all of this possible. And there's only a few of us working in the space. And yet think about all of the stuff that's already possible. Um, like the stories that we're hearing from Brian talking to Mumbot and how it's helping them as artists reduce, you know, it's just all these things. Like I never knew about that side of the space and, and everything else and hearing about all of the good that's still happening because of sort of the bull market from 2021. And that's because of this new financial tool, right? This instrument that allowed people to kind of hang on to it and gift it out over time. And, you know, just in general, I think like having GivePack and everyone else in the room at the same time, it just, it just makes me even more excited about, you know, the fact that there, when we come together, we're, we're able to tell just these powerful stories. And so, yeah, I just wanted to zoom out and say that. Absolutely. I Something that I know um, the Giving Block spoke about a lot in in early 22 as they were reflecting on 21 was this crypto financial literacy um, and and really needing to spend more time um, investing in making this knowledge accessible um, and pulling the curtain back on charitable giving and 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 what moves causes um, and reimagining the donor advised fund this traditional uh, you know structure. But offering it to a new generation, seeing what they do with it, I'm super excited um, even to see people who have been in the traditional giving world kind of convert to these new models and new thinking, because I think it's just going to have a, an even greater impact on all the things that we care about. Mira, I know you've been uh, you've been quietly behind the the host uh, thing. Uh, do you is there do you have any thoughts on any of this um, that you wanted to contribute? I just wanted to give you a, a moment. I just wanted to say from my side, you know, DAFs have been in the conversation of the nonprofit space for a while and in my own line of work, especially in international development, as well as um, more domestic nonprofit work. 
And what's been really great to hear in this particular conversation is from the perspective of someone who is creating a DAF, such as hearing from Brian, really learning how it allows the individual to take ownership. Because on the nonprofit side, we oftentimes don't get a chance to really hear that as much um, from folks who who are like Brian, who are trying to take real, true ownership and direction in where they want to give. So I think the, the, the wonderful aspect about this work is that we're able to now um, navigate a conversation and streamline and structure a process. And the more and more that we can spread the word about this process, the truer the trust we can build between donors and organizations. And I think that's one of the greatest um, outcomes we could ever ask for from from this process. Completely. I completely agree <laughs> with all of that. David, as far as um, brand philanthropy and, and, and DAFs and how we plan to integrate um, and, and, and try to further our reach um, to get more more into the space, you know, what what are the kind of approaches that you've been thinking about with with brands and and DAFs? Donor advised funds in, in the traditional space, I'll just say, are like we get a check from a donor advised fund and we don't we can't even thank the donor. So how do we find ways to engage DAFs, engage brands in a way that is meaningful? Where we can have this continued partnership from a nonprofit um, perspective. It's a great question. I see Visceral Glitch on as well. Make sure you check out change.gallery and Mint Trash by Visceral Glitch. And really, it was Glitch's project where we started vibing about these ideas and thinking about brands that care about access to psychedelic medicines and mental health. And it was Mental Health Month. And, you know, we just started like brainstorming together and um you know we we there had been some refinement to the change grid itself but you know i think uh, for a long time we've always seen our role as just more of a technology platform and the more we can focus on features and needs for practitioners and like campaign managers or advertising agencies for example like uh, you know our friends over at vayner media or vayner 3 i mean we you know, we know that they're working with big brands and have relationships with trusted organizations, um, and they're having a lot of these conversations, and we want to work with those brands, right? We want to see that work on our platform. <laughs> you know, we know that they could commission some amazing artists like Brian Brinkman and Glitch and, you know, other people online, you know, whatever, right? And just have like an extraordinary moment. For, for the world to rally around art and stories. And we can't do that ourselves. So I think that we're always just thinking, hey, who can we, how can we continue? Like, we can't really like build super quickly in our product um, because of just our, the way that we're structured. We, we built slow and intentional, but we kind of like think strategically about how we can use our product differently or, or how people could use it differently. And so I think that's really where it came from. It's like, hey, there are all these DAFs that are out there and like, a, like we just heard how interesting they are. And then you, like what Brian said, like how he could make every dollar really make a huge impact where he could like back an artist and their impact in the world. 
And, you know, that kind of is a bigger deal socially than just getting a thank you note from the nonprofit, right? So I think that as we're thinking about identities and where it's all going and just ESG, DEI, CSR, you know, like we're focused on things like how do we connect every one of these stories to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals? Because we're focused on like the global conversation that that's happening for Web3 and social impact. And I think that brands want to be a part of that. Individuals want to be a part of that. Sponsors, collectors, artists, me, you know, everyone wants to be a part of a moment of change, right? Everyone wants to shoulder up and people have different, I mean, as you always say, right? Talent, time, or treasure, you know? And when I met with Alexis from Endowment, I was like, hey, Alexis, I've actually never asked for a receipt or like ever even received one from a nonprofit, you know, ever, ever in my life. Like, I have no idea how that process even works, you know, and she was able to educate me a little bit on that too. So, you know, the world is complex. Things are difficult, but when we all come together, it like creates a bunch of welcome mats for the rest of the world to like have a warm welcome into the conversation. And that's what we want to be doing. Building movements. Um, absolutely. I mean, that's that's one thing. I mean, there's so many things that I appreciate about the global connectivity um, here that we have in Web3. But we are just so well positioned to be leaders in so many movements um, on so many on so many levels and so many causes, whether it's local communities or across the world. I mean, we just have a superpower that I don't think we fully tapped into yet. And I think what you just described, David, is is the ultimate, um, you know, vision for all of this and how we can really move the needle on so many things that we care about. Um, and you touched on the sustain UN Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs. I do like to avoid using the acronyms just because I get lost in the letters. So just, just so everybody knows, that's why I do say everything out. All the way, we will be speaking about the UN Sustainable Development Goals next week on our spaces because I think that understanding what these 17 goals are and and how um, Change Gallery is connecting our you know these these projects to those goals um, is really important and also understanding how these goals were developed and 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 what they can mean for us to better understand them and and really dedicate our efforts toward different goals that we can all achieve together. Um, and I'll say the process of uh, donation receipts is painful for a lot of nonprofits, especially the smaller ones where it's not automated. I'm someone who had to write those receipts for a while, so I get, I get that. Thanks for listening to Proof of Change by Change Gallery. Check out the show notes for links on our upcoming drops and events. With Change Gallery, every stroke of art ignites a wave of change fueling a global movement for a better world. Thanks for being part of this movement. We look forward to seeing you next time.